child died after only a month on this earth. I'm going to spare myself the tears on explaining exactly how, but the tears of my wife are ones I'll never forget. Grief is ugly, it's so fucking ugly. When we lost him, it sounded as if my wife was regurgitating fragments of her soul. Her wails could have shattered glass, curdled blood even. The cries would turn to screams, screams at everyone and everything, screams at the universe, at whichever sick, twisted, higher power would let this happen, screams at herself, even at me. She'd scream until the skin of her throat shredded to ribbons. I'll be honest though, I didn't cry. I don't remember if I even shed a tear, but don't be mistaken, it wasn't because I wasn't upset. I didn't cry because it felt like she was already doing it for me. No pain is more shared than a grieving mother's cry. I really wish there was a handbook on grief, a for dummies if you will. One that could have prepared me for both the before and the after. Before, you're just, you're waiting, like you're watching an hourglass of life on its last grain. My heart is pumping while he flatlines, and it hits like a wave. I remember thinking to myself, I would have to grieve at some point. Before I could even experience it though, I thought about how it was coming right for me. And I knew that in the blink of an eye, life was going to be something that I'd have to fight for. Maybe I was already grieving him before he went. Maybe I was prepared that way. Or I just thought I was. I don't think you can ever truly be prepared for something like that. And then, you reach the after. Not the moment you leave the hospital room or even the drive home. It's the moment you open that front door. The air sucked out of the room and you feel that thorough fucking void. Almost a deafening silence. That void in your chest, in your relationship, in your home. This is it. This is my life now. This is actually real. What I think hurt even more was that this new life wasn't even foreign to me. It was one I had nearly a month ago. I felt so guilty for not grieving him, but instead grieving for what he could have been. I grieved for the first birthday and dozens to come after it. The first steps, the graduations. Hell, I'd even trade a hormonal teen fight with him over this. I couldn't help but grieve the life that he could have had instead of the one we lost. My wife felt differently though. She missed their skin touching, humming to him, even dragging herself out of bed at 3am because he was crying again. 
We never really discussed it, but we could just tell that we were grieving down two separate paths. Our backs were always turned in bed. She'd flinch when I'd touch her. It was as if she was allergic to me, but I understood she needed her space. The funeral, though, it, it was absolute hell on earth. Actually, I think rotting in the fiery pits of hell would have felt better than attending an infant's funeral. At least it would be warm, unlike the icy grip of mourning. I remember walking up to the casket alone, staring down at him, and all I could think was, caskets shouldn't be that small. He laid in a box that was small enough to cradle in my arms, and when they lowered it into the ground, the cries emerged again. My wife wailed into the clear morning sky, so guttural. It was as if it was happening all over again. But she didn't collapse into my arms. She collapsed to the ground as if she wanted to join him. And honestly, I don't blame her. After that though, you open the front door again and the voids are even deeper. Everything seems realer now. We packed up our child's nursery and his future into boxes, then fought about whether or not to just throw it all out. She said she wanted them in the attic, but I told her I'd never be able to go up there again if we did. So we just left it all in that room, collecting dust. The door stayed shut at all times, but never locked, just closed. I think it kind of symbolized our grief in a way. We closed the door on that part of our lives, but weren't ready to lock it away forever. Each day doesn't get easier. It just gets farther away from the day it happened. The mornings are the worst. You wake up, your eyes creak open. The morning sun is pouring through your window and all seems fine until you remember that you are still grieving, as if you could forget. Little things began to tick us off. One of us would forget to do the dishes and it'd end up with someone sleeping on the couch or taking a long midnight drive. We even tried couples therapy, but we needed so much more therapy than that. It wasn't even about us, it was about him. The wedge was him. I was honestly at my wit's end on how to deal with this, but it appeared that my wife was one step ahead of me when I heard a soft humming from our bedroom after I came home from work. My brows furrowed as I made my way upstairs. The last time I heard her hum this tune was, was at the hospital, right before the heart rate monitor hummed back. When I pushed the cracked open door, I felt like I was dreaming. She was lying in our bed, cradling a baby in her arms, looking down at it like she could see every planet, every star, every galaxy. 
I remember pinching my thigh as I stared at her, a slight pain stinging. I had to make sure that I was awake. She was so engrossed by it, though. I could have stood there till the end of time and she wouldn't have even noticed. Um, honey? Oh, hi. She stretched a smile that had become so foreign. Uh, what do you, what are you holding? Oh, this? It's a reborn doll. I raised a brow at her. They're realistic dolls for mothers to, to help me cope. She nodded rapidly, her smile weakening. It was as if I had disrupted the fantasy just by asking. Oh. I couldn't help but stare at it, and stare at her because of the way she'd stare at it, as if she were holding our own flesh and blood, and not plastic. Has it helped? I've only had it for a few hours now, but it's, it's really comforting. It rubbed me the wrong way at first, but if nothing else was working, I was glad if this would. Do you want to hold him? Suddenly, I felt myself at a crossroads. I didn't know if I could hold the doll and give her the reaction she wanted. I can't look at it like it's my son, but I knew that this wasn't just about me. So, I hesitantly walked over and stretched my arms out. A slight chill ran down my spine as its cold skin was placed onto my palms. I pulled it close and cradled it, staring down at it, and suddenly, I just crumbled into tears. It felt too fucking real. I dropped to my knees as it laid in my shaking arms, my scrunched face already wet with tears. I knew it wasn't actually my son, but I realized how much I missed this. Not just the moments we lost. My wife patiently waited as I wailed with my head hung. I let out cries I never knew I could, my voice cracking with each ugly sob. After that day, I noticed things getting better bit by bit. It didn't exactly fill the voids, but something else stood inside of them for a while just to keep them dormant. Whenever she had one of those days where standing on her own two feet didn't feel worth it, she'd hold it, hum to it. Sometimes she'd even pretend to breastfeed it. I will admit it still creeped me out to some extent. It was comforting in a way, but I knew it wasn't really him. And I think this is when the wedge grew deeper. One day, I came home, and as I walked upstairs, my entire body locked as I saw light leaking out of a door. That door. I knew it was unlocked, but I never expected either of us to ever open it, at least not so soon. I swallowed roughly as I approached it slowly opening the door which revealed empty boxes and a full nursery she had set everything back up again i observed the room as i stepped in a feeling of concern weighing on me 
then I noticed something in the crib. I wrapped my fingers around the railing and leaned in, my brows furrowing as I saw the doll laying. I didn't hear you come in. My body jolted as I whipped around. Jesus! Sorry, you... What? What is this? What? What is this? I gestured to the nursery. Uh, our nursery? Well, yeah, but why is everything unboxed? Well, our baby needs a nursery. We stared at each other with accusations of insanity. I... Look, look, um, I've researched these dolls, and I understand how this helps you. I'll admit it, it's helped me a bit too, but this? You know this isn't our- This isn't our what? Suddenly, I was tongue-tied. I'm, I'm just concerned is all. I unpacked all of this myself, so I'll put it all back when I want to, okay? She said slowly and sternly, dagger shooting from her eyes. I could feel a million words crawling up my throat, but the only thing that came out was... Okay. I think I need some time alone with him. I nodded, looking away as I slipped past her. I was trying to be patient with her, I really was. But I just couldn't meet her at the length she was going. Pretending this is our kid may help her, but it only made me feel worse. That night, not a word was exchanged under those sheets. I was turned towards the window, like most nights, and she was turned towards the baby monitor that she just put new batteries in. After making faces out of the moon, I eventually fell asleep. Suddenly, in the middle of the night, though, I felt myself drift away from my dream and wake up. My eyes slowly creaked open, the dim moonlight coming through the window. The room was silent, except for the cries that came through the baby monitor. I sat up slowly and rubbed my eyes, staring at the baby monitor as staticky cries emitted from the speaker. Live. Wake up. I shook my wife till she groaned out of her slumber. She lifted her sleeping mask and looked at the monitor. My eyes darted towards her, then back at the monitor. She sighed, tossed her mask onto the dresser, and stood up. I'll handle him. Get some sleep. I stared at her wide-eyed. My throat nodded as she steadily walked out of the room. As she stepped into the nursery, I began to hear her over the speaker. I blinked like a deer in headlights as I listened to her hum, the crying slowing to a stop. My eyes shifted towards the door as she walked back in, grabbed her sleeping mask, and lied back down. She didn't say a word as I just continued to stare. A part of me wanted to go into the nursery, but I just lied there till my eyes dried and ran bloodshot. Before I knew it though, the sun was up and I had to go to work. I slowly stood up and stiffly got ready. I tried to convince myself that it was all just a dream, but I had already woken up from one. When I finished getting dressed, 
I kissed her as she slept, and I left the room. As I passed by the nursery, I paused for a brief moment. At first, I considered going in, but instead, I pressed my ear against the door. But there was nothing, just absolute silence. I don't know what I thought I was going to hear. I didn't even know what I heard the night before. I couldn't tell if hearing something now would have made me feel more or less insane. That day at work was grueling though. I kept falling asleep at my desk, had a hard time processing what people were even saying to me. It was just one big blur. When I got home though, the first thing I wanted to ask my wife was what the fuck happened last night. But after the incident in the nursery, I was worried she'd tell me that the doll crying is normal because it's our son. When I finally did get home, I was ready to fall flat on my face. My wife stood at the sink washing dishes, her head turning as I walked in. Hey honey. Hi. How was work? Uh, you know, the usual. Make sure to be quiet when you go upstairs. I just put him down and it wasn't without a fight. She chuckled. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure not to wake it up him. I anxiously cleared my throat as she quickly glared at me, then looked away. At least I was trying to play along. I quietly walked upstairs, minimizing the creaks of each step. As I passed the door, I could feel my breathing and heartbeat halt to a stop. Something about it just always knocked the wind out of me. Dinner that night? was silent. So silent, you could hear a pin falling before it even dropped. Chewing and sipping filled the dense quiet. I was thinking of taking him to a mommy and me class. What do you think? I looked up. My chewing slowed. Is that... Sound, sounds good. I bit my tongue and just smiled. I couldn't tell if she was being serious or if she just wanted to talk. You know, I also wish you'd spend more time with him. You seem to avoid the nursery like the plague. She laughed weakly. I'll, um, I'll, I'll make sure to do that. Yeah. Thank you. Watching her eat, the look on her face. I could tell she could barely get the food down her throat. She was trying. She was really fucking trying. And... I felt guilty for not being more understanding. It was hard to accept that we were just going to be grieving in different ways no matter what. But I was at a crossroads when it felt like our grief couldn't help each other. There was one thing that was itching at the back of my mind that night. It was crying. How could it be crying though? It didn't seem to even surprise her either. I tried to make any logical reasoning for it. Maybe she set an alarm with a baby crying sound? Or if there's a speaker inside of it? Something to make it feel realer? It was possible except for one other thing. It sounded so much like him. If you're not a parent, a baby crying is just a baby crying. But. I could pick out those cries from a crowd. 
Maybe it's just grief playing mind games. I couldn't tell. Later that night though, after brushing my teeth, I was walking to our bedroom when I noticed my wife in the nursery. She was slowly rocking back and forth in the rocking chair, humming to it. Hey, I finally got him to sleep, she said after noticing me hovering in the doorway. That's good. Come say goodnight. I stared for a moment before forcing myself to enter the room. She stood up and walked over to the crib, then gently placed it down. She leaned down, kissed his forehead, then turned to me. I glanced at her, then at it. I could tell she was expecting me to do the same. I hesitantly leaned towards it. My lips puckered. Suddenly, as I got closer, a pungent smell entered my nostrils. I tried to ignore it as best I could, but eventually I just recoiled as I got closer, the foul stench growing stronger. My wife glared at me in horror as I gagged, clasping my hand to my mouth. What the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, I'm sorry, it- HIM! Not it! HIM! Okay, he smells like a fucking dumpster fire. What? Does he have built-in fecal mechanics too? Tears welled in her eyes as I looked away with guilt, my entire body shaking. Just admit it, that this is a joke to you. You think I'm embarrassing myself, that I'm crazy. Just say it. Liv, no. Actually, you know what? Don't. Just sleep somewhere else tonight. The couch, the fucking sidewalk, I don't care. Okay. I flew out of the bedroom before I could burst into tears of fury. I felt like such a fucking monster. Prioritizing both of our healing was just tearing me apart. It was tearing us apart. I curled up on the couch and screamed into the pillow, leaving tear stains on the cover. I sobbed until it exhausted me, eventually knocking me out. All of a sudden, I was ripped from my slumber at the sound of glass shattering, my body jolting awake. I quickly sat up, my eyes darting around in a blur. Throwing the blanket off of me, I stood up and searched for the source of the sound. The room was pitch black as I ran my hand along the walls to find a light switch. Suddenly, my eyes shot open as something sharp impaled the bottom of my foot. Fuck! Shit! I hissed to myself as I lifted my foot. Now I was hopping around till I found a light switch, while also avoiding glass that I couldn't even see. Eventually I found one and illuminated the kitchen. I looked down on my foot, a small train of blood drops behind me. I lifted it up, blood leaking down my skin. It was a small shard of porcelain, so I pursed my lips took a deep breath, bit my cheek, and yanked it out. I swallowed a scream mm. as I placed the crimson-coated shard on the kitchen counter. Then I noticed some white powder on the bottom of my foot as well. I limped around the kitchen, soon finding a shattered cookie jar and an open flower bag spilled across the floor. God fucking damn it! I quickly tied an unused dish rag around my foot and began picking up the shards. 
The stress of the cut and the mess overshadowed the thought of how it even fell in the first place. But the thought came front and center when I noticed small flower-coated footprints leading out of the kitchen. I slowly placed the last shard in the trash as my eyes stared under furrowed brows. I limped over and kneeled down, observing them closely. They almost looked like... No. Impossible, I told myself. But who else could have feet that small? It wasn't my wife, and it wasn't an animal. An uneasiness clouded over me as I quickly vacuumed it up. The trail was longer than I realized as I exited the kitchen and made my way through the living room. Eventually, I reached the stairs, noticing the footprints went up them too. My eyes slowly glided up then stared deeply into the dark hallway. I was able to at least try and logically explain the crying the other night, but I couldn't make anything of this. I took a deep breath and slowly made my way upstairs. With each footprint that vanished into the vacuum added one more beat to my pounding heart. When I reached the top step, I realized the trail led even further. I continued to follow it, taking the curve and took that end to that door.